0: Have you found your calling? Are you still looking for it? The universe will roll out a red carpet. The people you need will find you. The problems that you needed to solve, you find the answers. There's something about finding your calling where you just know. You can't always explain it. It just happens. It's part of the journey of life. And the lessons that we learn along the way. We're making conversations about vocation count.
1: But
0: first, what's new, Wendy Woo? Or Faye in Doncaster said I summed up how she was feeling after she almost finished my book. Build a business you want to shout about from the rooftops. It kind of fits today's message, doesn't it? And also, I'm so grateful to previous guest, Lizzie Butler. She talks about internal communication and how we can sometimes feel that we're hiding our emotions, but actually our body language will let it seep out. She's had such a good time on the show that she's actually posted her guest appearance on her own YouTube channel. Go find Lizzie Butler on YouTube. She's making conversations count over there too. And now I can barely contain my excitement because I have got the keep it stellariciously simple, castanet dancing queen of Oman, Stella De Silva. First of
1: all, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I'm here in a lovely, beautiful, and rather hot Oman at the moment. And I've been here since about 2019. I got a really good job, a two-year contract, which, funny enough, I got from LinkedIn. So my being here was directly from me putting out content on LinkedIn. So for those listening, LinkedIn does work in terms of getting opportunities, this, that, and the other. And what I do here is I actually work for the Ministry of Labour. So I work in government and I work primarily with vocational education and training. That's where my area of expertise is in, in vocational qualification. So our aim here in Oman is to get trainees back into work and to offer on-the-job training through vocational qualifications. So I work very closely with all the training providers here in Oman, in the Sultanate. We do a lot of quality assurance checks with them. We make sure they adhere to certain policies because we sponsor a lot of Omanis back into training to get them back into work. So yeah, there's a lot of work around that. And of course, I deliver trainer. I'm an educator. So I deliver a lot of train the trainer courses here in Oman. I'm passionate about delivering employability skills to Omanis when I'm here, but I also deliver employability skills literally worldwide in terms of now virtually. But before, I used to travel literally internationally to deliver on vocational education and employability skills. So I have a real passion for people. That's where I get my fire from, just constantly engaging with people from different walks of life. I've built an amazing network on LinkedIn of different people, from CEOs to politicians to job seekers to Africans to Asians. So, yeah, I just love learning about people. I love learning from people. So, yeah,
0: that's me in a bit of a nutshell, Wendy. Stella, I mean, you're inspirational. You are always positive, even when you're calling somebody out because you don't necessarily appreciate the way that the conversation's going. Sometimes that's online. Sometimes that's in the media. You know, that's attitudes towards things. You always bring us back to a form of positivity. So I would say that that's like being mum of the media and saying, well, this is not right, but this is kind of the alternative. This is what we can do. You always give a solution so that people know how to change. It's not just this is wrong. Here's what you can do different. I love the fact. I think
1: I'm even going to use that as a hashtag mum of the media or just mum of online because you're right. I don't call people out to be mean. That's not where I'm coming from. I'm calling people out because I want to give them food for thought of their actions and their behaviors that may sometimes have a negative impact on other people, because I know what it feels like to have been one of those people. So again, what I said earlier on about learning and learning and relearning, that's what I'm all about. I'm definitely not one for saying I'm always right, even when I call people out. I may not be right. Do you see what I mean? But it just gives everybody food for thought when I come from a different angle in terms of what it is we're discussing about. So if I'm calling you out, actually, I'm calling you out because I actually care about you. Because if I didn't, then my my life would continue, quite honestly. So it's coming from a good place. And it's important that for the people I genuinely care about, then I give them the feedback as I would expect them to give me the feedback if I put a foot
0: wrong. And I think it's worth just sort of clarifying that when you call people out, you don't tag names. You don't point the finger directly at anybody. So if you feel that you're being called out, that's because you know that you're that person that does that action, and to me, it does come from a good place. I think we should rename you instead of Stella de Silver. You should be Stella de Gold because you have gold. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm liking that. I'm liking that. <laughs> Not sure so my dad will be happy, but I'm liking that. <laughs> you know, a mutual friend in Taz who's been yes. a guest, previous guest on the show, and Asher love her. But they were my first duo, and it is it's about being able to try and just tap into people's thinking and mindset and get them to see other things. And when you say, you know, that sometimes you might not be right, I'm not right all the time. Don't tell my family that because I am. But it's about, well, okay, be big enough, be brave enough, be open to be shown why your thinking is not right. To question that and to see things from other people's point of view. That's Absolutely.
1: And that is key. Again, one of my hashtags when people come to me, even just to seek guidance, advice, whatever, or support. First thing I say to them, I say, before we start, hashtag no judgment. Like literally, I say that. I say, hashtag no judgment. Because it gives me, again, a sense of I need to rationalize what it is they're trying to tell me and what it is I can give back to them in terms of advice, guidance, or support. So if I come from a place of judgment, then, of course, my advice is going to be skewed by that. So I have to be always careful of what it is I'm saying because I am trying to come from a place of hashtag no judgment.
0: Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I know as well, being a trainer, that you're not just dealing with the logical brain. You're dealing with somebody's emotions, their personality, how they feel and apply themselves to that. So it comes from a mix of being able to teach, coach, (laughs) manipulate, influence,
1: mentor, facilitate, mentor, listen
0: everything. Yeah. Absolutely. And not one thing is ever exactly replicated because you're dealing with unique human beings, aren't you? And that's why I say educators, like probably nurses and
1: doctors, I always say it's a real vocation and not everyone can actually do it. Again, does that make sense? And I'm not demeaning anyone who, who's doing it and thinking they're good at it. But I argue that there are some people where it isn't a vocation, it's just something that pays the bills at the end of the day. And you can really tell the difference for those who are passionate educators, for those who are passionate nurses and doctors, to those who are just working to pay the bills at the end of the month. <laughs>
0: You know, if all you've got your eye on is, is my mortgage paid? Is can I put fuel in the car? Then it's really time to have a serious think and change things up. And it's a thankless job sometimes. The job we
1: do as trainers sometimes is often a thankless job in the moment, it's sometimes a few years after that I get learners that I have delivered training to some 10, 20 years before that will come back to you and say, oh my gosh, you were my inspiration, but I didn't see it at the time. Then you think, ah, okay. So that's why you didn't say thank you then. I get it.
0: Do you see what I mean? It's a lifelong cycle being in the role that we do, be it in different fields, but Yes, when, you know, 12 years ago, I trained somebody and they reached out and went, I found myself saying something that you would say to me. And I had to just message you to say, I sounded just like you.
1: <laughs> the thing is, even with that, the way I always throw it, even when I'm delivering to trainers. So I always tell trainers, you know, we're exactly the same. But I always, the first question I ask them is, Put yourself back when you were at school. Do you remember your favorite teacher? And do you remember the teacher you hated, right? Those are the two categories of teachers most of us remember. We remember our favorite teacher and we remember the one we absolutely hated, right? But the middle ones were just there and you don't remember them and they could have been good teachers. And that's where I always tell my trainers, Where do you want to be? Do you want to be at that top level favorite trainer or that bottom level, the trainer that people hated? Because a lot of people are not going to remember the ones in the middle, the ones who are just there,
0: the ones who are just delivering training. Would you agree with me, Stella? Because I can give a shout out because I'm still connected on Facebook to my favorite teacher of all time, Mr. Ritchie. And he was the maths teacher, he was the swimming trainer, he was the one that did the music lessons and put the school plays on. So I was all over him like a rash. And in part, it was because he was my best friend. He acted like my dad as well. So we had fun, but I knew where the boundaries were and I had total respect for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And see how I
1: mentioned your favourite teacher and see how much emotion that triggered in you, because that's what you remember. But if I were to ask you, what about all your other teachers? Do you remember your other school teachers? You probably won't remember their names or you even won't remember them full stop, but you will definitely remember your favourite one
0: Mm. and the one you hated. Yes, it's remembering certain teachers for the wrong reasons, isn't it? absolutely <laughs> and you do remember them yes. you know
1: yeah but the ones who were just mediocre the ones who were just there the ones who were just who just came to class and taught and as I said they weren't good they weren't bad you just won't remember them and again that's my way of thinking that's every time I'm putting content out that's the way I think I think where am I in people's minds when they're reading my content where am I in people's mind when I'm delivering that trainer, because I want to be that trainer
0: that they're talking about in 10, 20, 30 years time. It's the legacy, isn't it? And I think sometimes the responsibility that you have of young minds, young adults, adults retraining, it doesn't matter who the audience is, the responsibility that you have for them, if you don't put that at the forefront and center of what it is that you're doing. Yeah, then you might as well just be picking up a paycheck. That's it.
1: And you know what? That is absolutely fine if that's what you want your legacy to be. Again, I can't invalidate where people are at in their professional lives or in their personal lives. Some people just want to do that and that is fine. But for me, to be sure that I am really making an impact, I know what I need to do. I need to have that strategy that reminds me of what my purpose is as an
0: educator. I would say as well that, and this is a challenge and I would ask the listeners to let me know what they think, but I don't think anybody at school going through school with teachers, good, bad, indifferent, I don't think anybody wants to come out of school adequate. We all want to be someone. Are you that person that you once wanted to be? Yep.
1: But then I could argue with you on that. Sometimes we are also the product of our upbringing. We are the product of the way our parents have brought us up to have that self-belief, to have that motivation for us to be who we are today. Because I'm a strong believer that my upbringing has played out in various aspects of my life, both professionally and personally, just because of the way I have been brought up, which again, had its own challenges. And for me to decide, well, I either want to continue on this path and break a cycle or not, or remain in that cycle. Do you see what I mean? So as grown-ups, we begin to have choices, not necessarily as young people. And that's where you're right in terms of when we're at school, we don't necessarily all want to come out thinking we are not adequate. That
0: makes complete sense to me. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you, Stella. I could write a book about my upbringing. In brief, all I'm going to say is that at seven, I was under the probation service because I wasn't attending school. And it was a question of getting me back to school. And I did that in my high school years as well. And it was because of my family circumstances. I've had more uncles and dads than I could count on both hands. And I was predicted at 13 to be in prison. So we are in control of ourselves if we want to. We can play a victim Or we can break that cycle and say, I'm not going to let that happen to me because that's what's happened before.
1: Absolutely. And hence why I specifically said we have those choices to either be in that cycle or
0: to break it. Unfortunately, some can't, you know. I don't want to say horses for courses because that belittles the people that can't. There are definitely signposts out there for people to make a change and make a difference. For sure. It's got to come from the person to be able to want to reach out and do better or to have the right kind of support to push them towards doing better. And I appreciate that everybody's got a different journey to them. But I would say if that is you, reach out today. For sure. And that's the thing.
1: We might be talking to someone right now who is stuck. We don't know. Right. We might just be talking right now to someone listening in and even listening it from two different perspectives. Right. And what we are agreed on is that reach out, just reach out and talk to somebody, reach out and ask for help because it is there for you. But again, you need to want that for yourself, because again, we can sit here and have hours long discussion about this but if you yourself are not ready to reach out just like an alcoholic you can never ever drag an alcoholic to give up alcohol if they themselves are not ready to in that moment it's the same thing so when and if you are ready to reach out trust me there are people there to support you a hundred percent absolutely
0: right Stella (laughs) I think we should move on to the bit of the show that I love most, which is where I get to hear for the very first time and you get to share with all the listeners that conversation that created a turning point for you and what happened next.
1: So, I mean, there are different conversations that have literally made changes for me. And with regards to my LinkedIn journey, in terms of that conversation, it was literally just me putting content out the way I put content out. I didn't try and copy anybody else because it wasn't working for me when I did try. I didn't want to imitate anybody else. And I just thought, you know what? Stella, you're actually enough. And I think literally it's that conversation I had within myself that really made that change. It was like that light bulb moment. Because again, I always felt I was never good enough, even in my job. Even in my career, I never felt I was good enough. I always suffered that imposter syndrome and I don't know what it was. And again, it was just having a time of real reflection and really going back within myself and having a tough discussion with myself to say, you know what, Stella, things have got to change. There's only one Stella. Well, that's it. Who are you measuring up against? You know what? And when I said things have got to change, I had to change that and say, well, hang on a second. No, things don't have to change. I have to change. (laughs) Right? Because then it made sense to me. Because again, it was very easy for me to blame the world and everybody else for my unhappiness, if you like. So again, it's having that self reflective discussions that enable me to be a bit more confident within myself. To then put myself out there online, because again, my online journey as compared to everybody else started really later for me in life. (laughs) You know, I'm 51 next month. So, you know, (laughs) my online journey really, and I'm sure for a lot of people my age, it started later on in life. So again, it was another thing to build that confidence of within myself to be comfortable, And enough for me to say I'm enough online for me to do what I'm doing online and for me to be successful online. So it's just, yeah, those conversations. And of course, with you over the last couple of years, Wendy, because I know we've been very supportive of one another on LinkedIn and building those kind of relationships with like minds really does help you to have a real focus on what it is you need to do without worrying about anybody else.
0: Does that make sense? Sure. I think the key point that I'm getting from you there, Stella, is that never be scared to get involved in a conversation. Never be scared to start a conversation and see where that leads because ultimately we're all on a platform, whether it be LinkedIn, Facebook, we're kind of there to represent ourselves, but we're also peacocks, right? We want to show ourselves off and say, hey, look at me over here. I'm brilliant, come and talk to me. But if you're not willing to sort of step up and start that conversation, then people will likely just walk by. You know, I can throw it back at you, Wendy, because again,
1: you're a podcaster. How do you get your guests to come to your shows, right? You have to put yourself out there and you have to get to know people to want to invite them onto your show. How else are you going to have a podcast show otherwise if you don't start a conversation? So again, it's about building those relationships and sometimes talking about subject matters that are sometimes uncomfortable. But thankfully, with age and hopefully experience behind us, we're able to be probably a bit more open than maybe those who are starting off on their professional careers and don't necessarily have that voice. So, again, you know, it's all about situations, logistics, who you happen to engage with, who you happen to connect with. I know that just starting a conversation about a particular topic has generated collaborations with business. Me being named a troll slayer was because people saw what I was doing with trolls on LinkedIn. I didn't make that name up. A connection gave me. Literally said, oh my gosh, Stella the Troll Slayer. And it stuck. And from there, I was actually able to monetize on being a troll slayer because I started getting invited to come and give talks about trolling. And I thought, who knew? So again, it was that. Initial engagement with people that brings
0: us to where we are today. I agree, Stella. I mean, making conversations count came from Twitter. Somebody called me that on Twitter and it stuck. And then I was named queen of making conversations and it stuck. And yeah, I just think even like my profile says everything in life starts with a conversation, even if it's in your head. Absolutely. Bang on, a hundred percent. Do you know how many conversations we
1: have with ourselves daily? Uh, Too many. (laughs) It's no wonder I sleep well, right? It (laughs) it can be actually overwhelming. Okay, Stella, log off. Like
0: log off. (laughs) (laughs) I have likened my brain to a computer before. Yeah, just said, you know what? I think I need a good defrag. Oh, dear. Oh, man. Stella, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to get you to take time out of your busy schedule because I know how busy you are. You're a, such a wonderful inspiration to me. I know it will be for others as well. I encourage the listeners to get in touch and to reach out. Is LinkedIn the best place for them to find you? LinkedIn is my platform of choice.
1: So yeah, follow me, send me a DM. I welcome anybody. If there's anybody out there who just needs a little bit of support, I'm often there giving out great tips and just helping and supporting my network. I love it. So yeah. LinkedIn, definitely, for sure. Well,
0: I'm sure I'll see you over there later, Stella. But for now... Pretty sure you will. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I hope you really enjoyed listening to Stella and I, having a really good chinwag about staying true to yourself and really just going after the things that light you up in your life. Reach out to Stella. She's popped the links into the show notes. And of course, we want to carry on the conversations too. Any of the reviews that we get, we do love to shout them out. Uh, We're getting some lovely regulars now. And of course, in the show notes, there are resources for downloads. Kim Adele Platts had way more downloads of her PDF document than she did listens. But I think that's people secretly coming back because they couldn't find the original download. But who knows? Tell me. Reach out. Pop me a message. You'll find the website is all the W's, making conversations count.com. Until next time, where we have. Having that virtual
1: audience, seeing people's faces, and that gives you instant feedback that you can perform to and ride the energy of.
0: Ah, yes. We have Jonathan Chase.